Well, it's official. Major League Baseball is canceling regular season games, but the minors are still going to go on as planned. Kind of. Guys on the 40-man roster can't go to minor league spring training and can't play until there's a new CBA. But we're going to take one final look at where everybody stands before minor league spring training starts, starting with the National League. Stay tuned. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And we are starting with the National League. And specifically, we are going to start with the National League East because that's where the reigning champions are, the Atlanta Braves. And this is a division where the farm systems as a whole are all in the bottom half. The Mets are right around 15-16, and the Marlins and everybody else are 20 and later. So a little bit weaker as far as a division goes when it comes to farm talent and the rankings. And the question really ends up being, who from this minor league system is going to be able to impact these rosters in the future going forward. So when you look at the Mets, the New York Mets are a team that I feel like they're weak on high level pitching, but they have a strong group of position players. So if you're trying to project out where the Mets system is going to impact the major leagues going forward, you have to look at it's going to be around the diamond. Um, so, yeah, strong group of position players and two top 15 picks next year. So you have the chance to add talent in what is considered a pretty deep MLB draft. Um, I look at all three of their guys that are in that top 100, catcher Francisco Alvarez, um, third baseman Brett Beatty, shortstop Ronnie Mauricio. I feel like all of these guys are by 2025, are going to be in the big league lineup. Francisco Alvarez should be the catcher of the future. Ronnie Mauricio is probably going to be at second. Beatty's going to be at left field. And then I think that Mark, like Mark Vientos is another guy in the system who I think I'm higher on than a lot of people, and he's going to be at third base. Um, Alex Ramirez on the farm. He's a guy who could absolutely be up by then and be in right field. And so, I mean... You're looking at five position players coming from the farm in the next few years. So if anybody has a good setup right now in their farm system in the National League East, it has to be the Mets. When you contrast that to something like the Marlins, okay? The Marlins are a top-heavy system, and a lot of their guys are pitchers. So when you're examining what's going to happen to, like, with with their farm system going forward and how it impacts the big league roster, they're going to have some guys, some position players come up. You're going to have catcher Joe Mack. Um, he'll be, I, in 2025, he'll be, I think, around 22. Khalil Watson's probably going to come up, I imagine, move to second base since Jazz Chisholm is at third. But there's not a really a lot of other guys that you project to be joining the defensive lineup for the Marlins. Rather, I look at pitching that should be coming up. You're going to have a Yuri Perez. You're going to have a Sixto Sanchez. You're going to have an Edward Cabrera. I think uh, 
Perez and Sanchez are both going to be in your rotation. Cabrera, I feel like, is probably going to end up being your closer. And then Max Meyer is going to be right there. I don't quite think he's going to make it to the to the the rotation by 2025. But he's, you know, think about it, 2020 first round pick. But he's absolutely a guy who who soon will be able to make that impact at the big league level. If not 2025, then sometime soon after that. So you have to feel good kind of about, about where that system is and the impact on the pitching staff that you're going to have. Your question is position players. Can you use some of these draft picks? Can you get some position player talent in the system to help out? And you look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is one of those systems that that they've had kind of some underwhelming talent in the pipeline for years, and they've made a lot of big bets recently on 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 prep pitching. And we all know that's one of the more volatile systems, uh, volatile types of prospects. So you're still going to have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola in that system. But when you look at some of the other pitchers that they've drafted, I mean, really the only one that I could see out of their system being in Philadelphia by something like a 2025 is going to be Mick Abel. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to start this year in high A. And so he's a guy that I feel confident based on his pitch mix and what he does, that he's going to be there. There's a couple position players, Johan Rojas. Uh, he'll be in his mid-20s. You know, he's he's starting this year at high A. I feel like he's going to make it up. Ethan Wilson, probably going to be your left fielder, with obviously with Bryce Harper and right. So I, I feel good about both of those guys. Bryson Stott's a higher level guy in the minors that is going to probably be your shorting, starting shortstop, but he's a guy, he's really kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You've got a couple other guys you have to figure out what's going to happen with them. Logan O'Hop is a catcher, a higher-level catcher in the system. I like his talent. I just don't know where he plays because you've got a Matt Veerling to go at first. You've got JT Real Muto at catching. I mean, he'll still be in his, in his lower 30s by then. So the question is, how does... How do you find playing time for some of these guys? But you're going to see a little bit of contributions to both the lineup and the pitching staff in the next couple of years out of this farm system. And then Washington. Washington's a system that I really think has the ability to significantly improve quickly. So they've, they're, they're graduating Kiebert Ruiz. He's going to be in the lineup probably this year or next year. But they've got a couple... Um, Top 100 prospects. They've got some high, some some highly drafted guys from international free agency. So when you look at going forward a couple of years, Brady House, uh, top 100 prospect, he's going to be your starting shortstop. Um, Kiebert Ruiz is going to be your starting catcher. Luis Garcia is going to graduate and be at second base. Um, the outfield, I don't know who you put around Juan Soto. I don't see any outfielders in the system right now that um, I think would be up by 2025. Christian Vaquero was the number one overall international free agency prospect. He was signed in January. I don't know if four years from now is a realistic time frame to get an international free agent to MLB. Oftentimes, you look at that time frame being more about five or six years, but if his talent's as good as they say he is, he may make it up quicker. But this is something where you look at pitching and they've got talent coming. Kate Cavalli looks like he could be a number one pitcher. He, you know, So I think he'll be up by then. 
And then you've got some guys that you can plug into the rotation, but I think it's going to be more of you need to versus you think that they're ready. Cole Henry, Juan Adon. I don't necessarily know if these guys, I mean, if if they make it to MLB by then, they're going to be fours or fives. I don't necessarily know that they're going to give you top of the rotation stuff. And that's just kind of the issue when you look at Washington is just the lack, the overall lack of top level talent. And then you get to Atlanta. And Atlanta is a team that has fallen significantly down the prospect rankings. And part of the reason for that is they graduated so many players and it worked. They won a World Series out of it. So when you look at Atlanta's rotation and Atlanta's lineup and how the minor leagues are going to impact that, really my thought process is you have outfielders and catchers who are going to join the major league lineup. You don't have a lot of pitching talent to kind of fill in. So... I expect in the next few years, Shea Langoliers is going to be the catcher of the future. I mean, he's he's one of Atlanta's, he's Atlanta's, I think, number two overall prospect. You look in the outfield, you're going to see Michael Harris, uh, Christian Pache, Drew Waters, or three outfielders who have a chance to come up and contribute in some sort of way. The question's going to be, when do they, you know, how far back are they, you know, how, how much are they set back by not being able to go to spring training this year. Drew Waters, Christian Pache are both on the 40-man. They're guys who we expected to start the year in AAA, but they can't go to spring training until the CBA is figured out. But I think Michael Harris, number one overall prospect for Atlanta, he's a guy you're going to see in the outfield next to Ronald Acuna. And the interesting thing is, by the time Christian Pache and Drew Waters make it to Atlanta, they're going to be just one year younger than Ronald Acuna. You know, in 2025, Ronald Acuna is going to be 27. Pache and Waters will be 26. Michael Harris will be 24. That just shows you how young Acuna was when he came up and how good he was so early. But I think that that's a system where, outfield-wise, you're getting help. Uh, Pitching-wise, I don't see a lot of guys coming out of the farm who are going to be able to slide into the starting rotation. Spencer Strider is a guy that could start for Atlanta. I expect he's going to end up being a reliever, might be the closer. But other than that, you look at AAA guys, maybe a Kyle Muller is going to be in your rotation. Waskar, you know, is not even a prospect anymore. He's an MLB guy. And I just, a lot of these pitchers have enough questions, you know, where it's a Jared Suster, a Bryce Elder, where I don't know how many of these guys are going to come up. Um, position player wise, I feel like in the infield, you really struggle with talent, especially at the corners. You've got Austin Riley. You may or may not have Freddie Freeman, but... In the system, you just don't have a lot of high-level position player talent. Uh, the best shortstop, Brandon Shoemake, is a guy who I'm I'm not convinced can actually even stick it short. Uh, never mind, you don't have a first baseman to speak of in this system, and your third base talent's pretty low as well. So that's something where Atlanta definitely needs to improve. And in just a minute, I want to talk to you about the National League Central and how they can... <laughs> where their farm systems are entering spring training. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline um, is the fastest and easiest way to get player performance props, odds, totals, and more. Football is over. Basketball is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. You've got hockey. You've got boxing. You've got UFC. BetOnline is your best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. So when you're looking at 
the National League Central, it's kind of interesting because you've got significant tiers here, right? The Pirates and the Reds are good farm systems. They're in the top 10. Uh, Pirates especially, lots of guys who are close to the majors, very impressive depth, a lot of balance between pitchers and position players. So, you know, looking looking forward at who's going to be in the lineup in a couple years, I mean, think about this. You've got, for the Pirates, you've got Henry Davis, should be your catcher. Andy Rodriguez is probably going to be at first base. Nick Gonzalez is probably going to be at second base. Uh, Lever Proguero and O'Neill Cruz, one of them's going to play left uh, shortstop. It's probably going to end up being Paguero just because nobody knows what to do with a uh, with a six foot seven shortstop. But then you've got a guy like a like you've got O'Neill Cruz. Where is where are you going to put him? I imagine that's probably a guy they'll move to the outfield because that seems to be what we do with six foot seven guys who aren't pitchers. So we send them to the outfield. But then you look at pitching as well. Veronzi Contreras, Quinn Priester, both going to be in your rotation. Michael Burrows as a guy I could see being a three or a four. Carmen Mladinsky. Probably a four right there. And then you've got some guys on the farm who can come into your bullpen like Jared Jones. I think he's going to be a pretty decent closer. And so, I mean, right there, you've got, I can't do, i not great at math. That's like, what, nine guys we're looking at adding between the lineup and the rotation off the farm. The pirate system is really well stocked and really has a lot of high-level talent that can impact the major leagues. Again, I just love the depth that they have, uh, both position players and pitchers. And when you look at the, the Reds, that's another team where you've got a couple guys right at debut. You've got some bullpen arms that are close to the majors, and you've got some real high upside position players. So looking at some of these bullpen arms, Hunter Green is a guy. I know Jeff Carr, host of Locked on Reds, absolutely loves Hunter Green. I think you're going to continue to develop him as a starter. Worst case scenario, if that doesn't work, um, he's – He's absolutely your closer, but I think he can be a number two, number three starter. Uh, kind of, you know, looking at some more of the pitching, Nick Lodolo. He's a little bit of an older guy, but I think he, by you know, in a couple of years, he's going to be in your rotation. He's probably going to be your number two. And then position players, Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I don't know, so I know if he's going to play uh, shortstop, if he's going to play third base, but he's a guy I expect to come up. Jose Barrero, he's a better shortstop. I think he'll be at short. Um, L.A. De La Cruz will be at third, but then you've got some some outfielders, Matt McClain, Austin Hendrick. You've got a couple guys who you can bring up there. Reese Hines is probably going to be your starting first baseman by then. And so same thing. You're looking at six guys in your farm system right now that you can confidently put in this starting lineup for Cincinnati um, in the next few years. And then when you kind of go down and you look at the next tier, you've got the Cubs and you've got the Cardinals, and they're kind of right there in the middle, 15, 18, like kind, of, kind of that range, middle to, to top of the bottom half. And so the Cubs are a team I really think can get a lot better. Uh, I expect they, they have the question of, are they going to tear down, sell some more guys or not? But you've got guys in this system who can come up in the next few years and play. I'm thinking about a just recently saw some great video from Pete Crow Armstrong about where he's kind of fixed some of the issues in his swing, really simplified his swing. Looks like he's getting more pop out of it. So he's a guy I expect to be up and be in center field in the next few years. Owen Cassie's probably going to be your left fielder. Brennan Davis, your top prospect is probably going to be your right fielder. And then a guy like Christian Hernandez, 
top prospect at shortstop. I don't necessarily know how long it's going to take him to get up. So I think if you're looking at like the 2025 lineup, he may not be in there. But soon after that, he will. And then when you turn and you look at some of the pitchers, you know, you've got DJ Hers is going to be up, probably your back of the back of the rotation guy. Jordan Wicks is a guy who should be up, should be pitching for you by then. Braylon Marquez, um, it, I think it's going to take him a little bit longer to develop. But if he pans out, he's number one pitcher talent. He is he, he is ace of your rotation talent if he can pan out. So by 2025, you're looking at adding three starting pitchers to your lineup, maybe four. I don't know about Caleb Killian. Is he still considered? I mean, I'm not quite sure what he's going to do, but you're looking at adding a couple position players, especially in your outfield, possibly your entire outfield, as well as a couple pitchers. Um, Cardinals. Cardinals are a team. I mean, really, when you kind of go and you look at the Cardinals, uh, heavily weighted to the top. They've got some older AAA guys that if those guys wanted to decide we're not quad A guys, we're MLB guys, that would be really beneficial. But looking at what's going to happen, I could see three-fourths of the infield um, you know, having turned over by then. You can have Jordan Walker at first base, Nolan Gorman at second base. Uh, Ivan Herrera should be up as your catcher of the future by then. I don't see a lot of outfield help coming in the next few years. Uh, just simply because of the way the system breaks out and where the talent is in the system. Uh, but pitching-wise, a guy like Michael McGreevy uh, can absolutely come up and can be your one of your back-of-the-rotation starters by 2025. Uh, what I want to see the Cardinals do is I want to see the Cardinals get some more pitching talent in the system and specifically some more guys with some elite tools. Because even the guys who have, like, Michael McGreevy's got the best curveball and best control in the system. But even then, when you compare it to best curveballs in other systems, I feel like it's a little bit lacking. And so I want to see the Cardinals, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the Cardinals get some more high level talent in their system. The Brewers are a team, they've graduated lots of pitchers in recent years, obviously. We know all of these stories. And so, you know, and that's just because they have that great pitch development pipeline. And the farm system has a lot of, position players and a lot of them are youngsters with some high volatility left in their you know left in their projections and so when you're looking forward I don't necessarily see any of these pitchers maybe Aaron Ashby joining that starting rotation but if you've got Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta I don't necessarily know how how much room you have to add top starting pitchers to that anyway but position player wise you look at Sal Frelick being in center field uh, Jefferson Cuero being it being at catcher uh, Bryce Terang should be up and should be your starting second baseman by then, um, which moves Luis Urias to third base. I don't really know if he's the best fit, but I don't see anybody else in the system who's going to overtake him to be the third baseman. I just assume Kesson here is going to be the, uh, the, the DH. Uh, Garrett Mitchell's a guy who should be up by then, should be in your right field. Uh, but that's something where they really need to, they have a lot of youngsters, a lot of volatility. And so the question with the Brewers is going to be, uh, what what do they do as far as um, developing these guys and making these guys pan out? That's what I worry about. Is just how are these guys going to pan out? Um, and in just a minute, I want to cover the National League West. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, Built Bars are the protein bars that are covered in one percent real chocolate that taste like candy bars. They're good for you. Most Built Bars have. Uh, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. 
And if you're not necessarily in the mood for a built bar, you have other options. The puffs are something you can go into. Protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's a treat. They're also covered 100% real chocolate. The flavors on the puffs, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. It's some good stuff. The flavors on the bars, mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream, cherry barcia. Lots of options as far as flavorful, good-for-you protein bars that can be snacks, that can be treats. So... These flavors change all the time. Go to built.com, check out the, the rotation of flavors, check out the limited time stuff, sign up for the update so you know when they drop something new or they have a sale. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And the thing about Rock Auto is... There are so many makes and models of cars out there that it is impossible for your for your local chain auto parts store to have everything in stock. And so rather than going in, having to go look up all the stuff about your car, run out to the car and grab the manual and come back and everything to answer their questions, just for them to order you a part, stay at home. Save time, save money, do it from home. Go to rockauto.com and you can choose to spend 30 or 50% less on the same parts because Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving DIYers for over 20 years. And those prices are remarkably low for every single customer. So everything you could possibly need, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you because amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Okay, so final system, National League West, and interesting system as far as where where teams sit and some of the talent levels. The Diamondbacks, uh, the the Diamondbacks are a team that have a lot of talent in their system. the 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 big league team isn't competitive right now, but a lot of talent in their system, and you kind of look at. Tons of, I mean, tons of pitching in there. Tons of pitchers have gone through. They haven't had a crop of pitchers with this much upside since, like, they had Patrick Corbin, Tyler Skaggs, and Trevor Bauer. I mean, absolutely looks great. So when you look at who's going to be on this team um, in a in a few years out of the minors, you're looking at your third baseman being Jordan Lawler, your shortstop being Geraldo Perdomo, you're looking at two of your three outfielders, Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas, coming from your farm, probably in left and in center. Uh, A.J. Vukovic, I guess you'll put him at DH. Uh, I don't necessarily think he can play right, so Pavin Smith's still going to have a job there. But then when you look at pitching, you've got a guy like a Blake Walston. He's probably going to be your number two. He's a good pitcher. You've got Brandon Fatt. He's probably going to be number four, number five. Ryan Nelson, probably going to be the number four. Uh, Drew Drew Jameson is a a one of the great group of arms. I think he probably has the potential to be your closer. I mean, but you're you're looking at adding three or four pitchers. You're looking at adding four position players, and it's just like that is a good system. And you have to be really happy if you're a Diamondbacks fan about how much talent is there. And then like talking about how much talent is in there, the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, I just did the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a ton of talent in there. And they're kind of in that position of, of transition uh, because they've lost some talent from the big league team. Clayton Kershaw may or may not be back. 
Uh, Corey Seager left his sign with the Rangers. They traded for Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is now gone. He's a Met. Kenley Jansen may leave as well. But there's a lot of guys in there that are going to be able to contribute. So Michael Bush, I think, is going to be your first baseman of the future. Gavin Lux is already up. You graduated him recently. He'll be at second base. You look at a guy like a well, Vargas could be at third, depending on if Trey Turner gets re-signed. You're going to have Mookie Betts in right. But then like Andy Pages is going to graduate and be in left. Um, still not quite sure if you have a guy to play center. Don't quite know what's going to happen there, but good contributions. And then when you look at the farm, I mean, as far as pitching goes, your your rotation is stacked. And so like, where do you find places for them? Assuming you have Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, Dustin May, Tony, Gon- Tony Gonsolin. If you have those four, I guess you can find a spot to put Bobby Miller as like a four or five. Uh, it's And so I see if the Dodgers start to figure some of these pitchers out, I can see them either letting somebody leave in free agency or more likely trading a star pitcher or trading a pitching prospect for other talent somewhere else just because you already have such a stable of pitchers at the big league level. But they're a team that... that it almost feels not fair that they have one of the highest payrolls and they can go out and they can get a guy like a Scherzer or a Turner at the trade deadline. Um, they've got guys like Mookie Betts on the team. And then they also have a fantastic farm system that just keeps dumping impact players at the MLB level. So almost doesn't feel fair. But what can you do? And then when you talk about you know farm systems that that you're you're trying to get talent out of for the big league team it gets a little tougher as you get farther down the system or down the rankings. The Giants are a team where their system's kind of been refurbished over the next few years. And you saw they got some contributions from their system in 2021. They won 107 games, but a lot of that I feel like was veterans. And so you have a big transition into prospects in the next few years. So catcher Patrick Bailey, I expect him to come up and be your starting catcher. Joey Bart at first base. Will Wilson at second. Everson Ortega at third. Marcel Luciano uh, at short. So there's just about your entire infield. That is your entire infield. That's all five, that, that's all five spots changing over in the next few years. Uh, Lamonte Wade probably still going to be in the outfield for you, but Luis Matos, Heliot Ramos coming into center and to right. And then the pitching staff, Kyle Harrison, Will Bedner, uh, Matt Mikulski. Like there's a, probably three guys going to join your starting rotation out of the farm. It's a ton of talent. The question is going to be, we still have some questions about a lot of those guys. So what's going to happen when you put them all together? Like how are are they all going to pan out or not? You have the potential to really have an, like to really make an impact. Again, the question is how well do they come together? And another team where there's questions about how well some of these guys come together are going to be the Padres. The Padres are a system where you've got stars at the big league level. You've got, I mean, Tatis and Machado at, at short and third. That's fantastic. So then when you look at who's coming from the farm, a lot of it's going to be position player talent. Not as many pitchers, I think, are going to be able to slide into this lineup as I would like. I think McKenzie Gore hopefully should work by then. I'm sure Javier wants him to work out, so he's going to be probably your number three. But uh, position player-wise, you know, catcher, Luis Campanzano. Uh, second base, probably C.J. Abrams, and that's something where you're just not going to move Tatis off of short. It's not going to happen. 
Um, and so, you know, your outfield, Trent Grissom is probably in center, but James Woods in left, Robert Hassel the third in right. Uh, Josh Mears is probably going to end up being your DH. And so lots of talent you can bring up um, in the outfield and a couple positions in the infield. And then pitching-wise, that's, again, Mackenzie Gore, maybe maybe a Ryan Weathers. I don't think he even qualifies as a prospect anymore. So mostly going to be position players is what you're going to bring up. And then when you kind of look at that same thing, um, the Rockies are in that same boat. The Rockies are a team where you're going to bring up a lot of position players, not a ton of pitchers. So uh, thinking ahead a couple years here, you're going to have catcher Drew Romo. He's going to be your starting catcher. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar, I think, is going to be a good shortstop for the Rockies. Uh, left field is probably going to be Zach Veen. Uh, center field, Benny Montgomery. You've got a couple guys there. Right field, not quite sure. Maybe Brenton Doyle is there. Not quite sure what's going to happen at that third spot. But there's a possibility you could turn over um, catcher, shortstop, and the entire outfield in the next couple years. And then pitching-wise, that's really where I kind of ask, you know, who from this who from this farm system is going to be able to step into this uh, starting rotation? I mean, maybe a Ryan Rollison as your number five. He's got a he's got a great changeup, but it it's it's I don't like the 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 pitching talent in the lower levels as far as being able to project them being up in the next three or four years to contribute to this club. So that's just something where you've got to kind of figure that out. Uh, the Rockies need an infusion of talent at those levels. And we will we will see what happens there. If you're watching the show on YouTube, uh, we appreciate you being here. Do us a favor, like and subscribe. It helps the show a ton. If you stay tuned tomorrow, we're going to do the same thing with the American League, the before uh, the the before spring training recap of the farm system. Who's going to be up soon? Who are some of the high level guys? Uh, if you have any questions for the show, we do mailbags at least once every other week. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Um.